Season 2, Episode 70, Pete's Podcast, Bible Story Evangelism. This episode is entitled by E.T. Robertson, The Third Tour of Galilee. There was the first, the second, and now he's going to give two episodes to the third tour and end uh, Part 7, The Great Galilean Ministry, and go into Part 8, which is the uh, the the teaching of the Twelve around Galilee before he goes to Jerusalem and gets in all kinds of trouble. All right, um, so in episodes 70 and 71, we have the third uh, tour of Galilee, Jesus following the Twelve. Uh, Matthew names the Twelve here. Doesn't mean this is chronologically when they were named. I think they were named before the uh, Sea of Galilee, as Luke and uh, Mark recorded. Uh, but Matthew, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, decided to include them here. Uh, it doesn't describe them being named here like it does in uh, before the uh, before the uh, Beatitudes, the Sermon on the Mount, when he named. Anyway, um, this is the kind of stuff that the Harmony of the Gospels highlights, studying it in chronological order. And and again, I. We could argue about whether A.T. Robertson's right in putting this episode before this one or this part of an episode. We could argue that until the cows come home. But, it, you know, theological people, some theological people like to do that. I'm just, I'm thankful for the insights I'm getting by his work. All right. Um, this is approximately two years into Jesus' public ministry, and that would make it approximately a year, a year and a half, till his crucifixion and subsequent resurrection and ascension into heaven, which are all covered in A.T. Robertson's Army of the Gospel, because we get into Acts chapter 1 and 2 at the very end. Okay, this is based on A.T. Robertson's Army of the Gospel for Students' Life of Christ, copyright 1922, and C.I. Schofield's Schofield Reference Bible, copyright 1909. Why do I repeat these in every episode? Because somebody might listen to one episode and that's all they ever listen to or that's all they have access to. And I want to give credit for original ideas and original thoughts. Uh, I have a friend who's a very successful uh, physician and uh, teacher of physicians. And uh, he... Uh, he was. We were talking theologically, and he said that he has great respect for others' ideas, and you know, bibliographies and such. And it seems like I don't know. There's a generation coming along that thinks they can just quote anybody or take anybody's ideas and not give them credit. You can't do that. Study copyrights. They don't have to be. In, they don't have to. You don't have to apply for one. You have one. If you have an original idea, it's yours. And. Uh, the proof should go to uh, the one that accuses you of not. You know, show that you came up with the idea first. You know, whatever. Uh, I, I've had some original, what I think are original ideas, like the idea of an iceberg. The stuff that's recorded in uh, the harmony of the Gospels here, or in the in the Gospels, are, is just the tip of the iceberg of the miracles that were done. Today we're going to see when these guys are sent out. They, they heal, they cast out demons um, on their own. I think they go two by two, if I'm not mistaken. But, uh, and Christ is working while they're working. He's teaching them progressively through his public ministry. All right, uh, so we're... Got two more episodes left in the Great Galilean Ministry. Today's episode and, and the next episode, 71. And we've got uh, the special training and starting in episode 8. And that will be 24 episodes of the special training of the 12. Jesus uh, turned the world upside down with these guys. All right. Um, and girls, I think there were girls, Mary Magdalene probably had, you know, the disciples that followed him. Anyway, uh, Mary and Martha. All right, we're in uh, Mark, oh, I already mentioned that. Okay, so let's turn in your Bibles to Mark chapter 6, verse 6. 
Mark chapter 6, verse 6. We're going to take a look at eight verses here. In Mark chapter 6, verse 6. In Mark chapter 6, verse 6, it says, And he marveled because of their unbelief. He's just leaving Nazareth. I mean, this is in the same breath as, as uh, episode uh, 69, that he second his last visit to Nazareth. I think it was his second one during public ministry here. The first one, they tried to throw him off a cliff, the cliff of Nazareth, with, which is pretty famous from what I understand. If you visit Nazareth, you'll see this giant cliff that I think they used for a dump. And they were going to throw him headlong over that, but it wasn't his time. And Jesus marveled because of their unbelief. I, I like what A.T. Robertson writes there, their wonderful unbelief. I mean, it, it, you just got to be full of wonder how they could see all these miracles. We're only, I think, getting the tip of the iceberg recorded. The miracles, the raising of the dead, the healing of the blind in, in and around Galilee. Woe unto you. You know, cities of Galilee. Uh, you know, you've had such a, you've seen such miracles. Anyway, um, verse six again. And he marveled, and Jesus marveled because of their unbelief in Nazareth, in particular, I think. And he went round about the villages teaching. So he left Nazareth, and he went round about teaching. And uh, I'm a teacher, and some some Bible. Uh, sermon sermonizers, uh, what is it? What is it called? Homiletics, the teach uh, the delivery of a sermon. They they think they're you know that people like me are, are just mere teachers. I think te Jesus was an amazing teacher, and you can just look at this public ministry and see how he brought his disciples along. And yeah, he he brought a couple of unbelievers, Matthew. I mean uh, Thomas. And Judas, Judas never believing, and and uh, Thomas believing when he saw the resurrected Savior, the holes in his hands and the hole in his side, and Jesus said, "Do you want to put your hands in in my side?" And Thomas's answer was, "My Lord and my God." So I I would say salvation is a process. Anyway, it might take time, and he marveled because of their unbelief, and he went round about the villages teaching. And he called unto him the twelve, and began to send them forth two and two, and gave them power over unclean spirits. It, it also says they, they healed. And commanded them that they should take nothing for their journey, save a staff only, a walking stick, if you will. No scrip, no money, no bread. No money. Uh, I thought script was money, but maybe maybe you don't not going to take scrolls with you or something. No money in their purse. To be shod with sandals, and put on not put on and and not put on two coats. Mark six ten, and he said unto them, In what place soever you enter into a house. There abide till ye depart from that place. So don't hop from house to house. Don't look for a better house, I guess. I don't know. Uh, that's what I would be doing. I'd be looking for the one with the swimming pool. Anyway, number 11. And whosoever shall not receive you, you knock on a door and they said, uh, try down the street. Now hear, nor hear you. Not That means don't believe what you're saying. And when you depart then, shake off the dust under your feet for a testimony against them. Verily I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. I think because of the miracles these guys were going to do, uh, more Christ said more than what he did. And again, I think only uh, the tip of the iceberg is covered here. Verse 12, And when and they went out and preached that men should repent, uh, reconsider, since God does most of the repented God, the past tense, it, it, it's it's God that does 80% of the re repented 80% of the time in the Old Testament. Look it up. 
get a concordance and look up the word repented and look at all the different times it occurs. It doesn't occur that many times, but 80% of the times it's God doing the re that's doing the repenting or repented. Verse 12, and they went out, the disciples, the 12 disciples in groups of, uh, in six groups, and preached that men should repent. Change your mind. Repent of your dead works. That's one thing you need to do. Fundamental Hebrew six one. My first podcast dealt with with repenting from dead works. Your works aren't going to save you. Those of us that are saved have done that, and we know what it means to repent of your dead works. I'm not talking about your bad works. I'm talking about your very best works, the works you're counting on to get you to heaven. Forget about it. Just trust in Christ alone. And they went out and preached that men should repent or reconsider. And they cast out many devils and were anointed with oil and anointed with oil many that were sick and healed them. I mean, Jesus is a big deal and now the 12 are becoming a big deal. I mean, it says in the book of Acts that they lined them up along the road in Jerusalem just so that Peter's shadow, maybe Peter and John, shadow would pass over them and they would be healed. And the Bible doesn't record them doing that for Christ, but I think they just, he stacked the deck for the 12 apostles to uh, do these kind of things. And you're saying, what about Judas? There was a, uh, Matthias was picked to replacement Judas. All right, um, verse Okay, now we're going to take a look at Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. And we're just going to go through the end of Matthew chapter 9, and we're going to go through chapter 25, uh, chapter 10, and we're going to take a look at one verse in Matthew 11. So hang on. Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. In the Harmony of the Gospels for Students' Life of Christ. Uh, that's the outline that... Not these, these, he didn't write these verses, but he wrote the outline. He put them in order. Anyway, verse 35, in his order, which may or may not be correct. I'm not going to do the work. I got all I can do to just follow along here. But I really enjoy this way of teaching the Gospels. It's been great for me. Verse 35, and Jesus went about all the cities and villages of Jerusalem, teaching in their synagogues, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, which is, hey, I'm the king. Uh, believe in me. I don't. I, I think the gospel's the same, except the timing here was if Israel would receive Christ, they would, the kingdom would come. The Lord's prayer would not have been given to the 144,000 to pray during the tribulation. Thy kingdom come, thy kingdom come. I don't think there's been a time. And I don't think we should pray for the kingdom to come. But we're not going to live during the tribulation. It hadn't happened yet. Those men, those 144,000 are being slaughtered to the last man. And it describes it here a little bit. And it's not good. And preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Okay, these you you healing diseases. I don't know if you got anybody sick in your family or ever have, but if they could heal my dad, I would have quit work and just got them to the disciples, in the hopes that their shadow passed over them. All right, and they were healed. Verse thirty six. And when he saw the multitudes, when Jesus saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them, because they fainted. Uh, I guess they were weary of the travel. You know, hey, they're healing everybody here. Again, I, I would left no stone unturned to get any family member. My my late wife, my father that died at 60 of cancer, I would have carried him on my back. He's not heavy. He's my brother. She's not heavy. She's my wife. He's not heavy. She's my father. He's not heavy. He's my father. And when he saw the multitudes, he mar he was moved with compassion on them, because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. When I read that, I was thinking he was going to feed them, but I, it, I don't think it records a feeding here. But again, what Matthew records is, uh, I think, part of the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And you probably had to 
shut these guys up. You know, I mean, they were they were going to write so many books the world could not hold them. But the Holy Spirit said, let's just uh, go with these sixty six books. Verse 37, Matthew chapter 9, verse 37. Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore that the Lord of the harvest will send laborers into the harvest. That's what I'm all about. That to me is a a church age thing. You know, pray for laborers to to go into the harvest and, and lead people to Christ. That's an excellent thing for us to pray for. The return of Christ, the rapture to come? Are you kidding me? We're we're not appointed unto wrath. You're bringing the 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 tribulation before its time. Just leave it to God. Let's pray for the things that Paul Paul prayed for, for boldness, to speak the truth, the word of the Lord, and uh, he did that. And he said all the things happened to him happened to him for the furtherance of the gospel. I, I, I'm going to tell you, my friends, that see if I'm next hurricane season, see if I'm freaked out about hurricanes. You know, if I lose my roof again down to the tie beam, I'm going to say, for, I'm going to meet my neighbors. You know. And uh, anyway, for the furtherance of the gospel, whatever comes my way. When I fell and hurt my shoulder and I thought, hey, Proverbs 90, or Psalm 91, you know, he shall give his angels charge over thee to. Uh, lest I dash thy foot against a stone. I dashed my foot against a stone and and really sprained my right shoulder. I hope hopefully that's all I did. But if it doesn't heal in six months, I'll go see an orthopedic. And he healed all manner of sickness and all manner of diseases. This is Jesus called his twelve called unto him his twelve disciples and gave them power against unclean spirit. And all manner of sickness and and all manner of diseases. So this is his disciples with this awesome power. Now the names of the twelve of these are first Simon, who is called Peter. I'm gonna when I say one because they have different names. And I everybody I don't know about you, but I, everybody I seem to know has more than one name. So Simon, whose name was Peter, one. Andrew, his brother, two. James, the son of Zebedee, three. John, his brother, four. Philip, five. Bartholomew, six. Thomas, seven. Matthew, the tax collector, eight. James, the son of Alphaeus. And Libaeus, whose surname is Thaddeus. Okay, uh, Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, Labias, whose surname is Thaddeus, who is also known as Simon the Zealot. So there's a guy with three names, Labias, Thaddeus, and Simon the Zealot. Uh, Simon the Canaanite, so there's three Simons. One of them known as Peter, one of them known as Simon the Zealot, or Thaddeus, and there's Simon the Canaanite. And there's uh, uh, Judas Iscariot. Okay, and there was another Judas. I'm not sure what happened to him. He's again. He's called something. He's Thaddeus or something. No, Levias. I'm not sure. Anyway, um, I think these little paradoxes come up in Scripture here to to inspire us to study. I think the James, the second half of James chapter two, is all about studying eschatology and knowing what the the marriage feast of the Lamb is all about, what what the bema seat is, what the judgment seat of Christ is about. It's not the judgment of lost for their works; it's the judgment of believers for their works. And if you're like two thirds that don't seem to have any works because they have other things to do, they don't, you know, the cares of this world reduce their Faith, their uh, productivity, their fruitfulness, or uh, love of money, or whatever does the cares of this world, and what's the other one? Oh, persecution. We're talking about some serious persecution here that Christ is going to cover, because he's also aiming at the 145. He's aiming at everybody. But you take the part that's written to you. If the shoe fits, wear it. 
I don't think everything he says when he describes the tribulation, he is not describing the church age. We are not appointed unto wrath. So it seems like every Christian wants to put throw the church in there, and that's a fundamental mistake. Simon, the the Canaanite, Judas Iscariot, who also betrayed him. Uh, go back to one of my, my episode where you know uh, this the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes, and look at that. They're named there. I'm sure I explained uh, the the deal there. Uh, why Judas isn't mentioned here, the, the other Judas. Judas, uh, he's usually known as Judas, not Iscariot. But uh, Jesus 12, these 12 sent forth and commanded them, saying, these 12 Jesus sent forth and commanded them, saying, go not into the way of the Gentiles. It's, this is not for the Gentiles. Sorry, church. This is this is not targeting you. This is tar targeting Jewish believers and the believers, the Jewish believers of the tribulation. But go ahead. Don't understand eschatology and apply this to the church. Into this and into the Samaritans enter ye not. So he's going to cut out uh, Gentiles and Samaritans, which are kind of like Gentile Jews. Uh, go, go rather unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So that's who he's aiming at. You can apply this to the church if you want, but you're making a mistake. And as you go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. You can have it, Israel. The, the, God, I believe, helped on my unbelief. Bring in the kingdom. Don't go through the tribulation. Make John the Baptist, uh, you know, have Elijah come back instead of just John the Baptist. Uh, verse 8, heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, cast out devils freely. You have received, freely give. Don't charge any money for this because that's just human nature. Oh, you know, set up shop and, you know, heal people that are sick. People would pay any price. Anyway, um, I had a thought. Hopefully I'll have it again. Verse 9. Provide neither gold nor silver nor brass for your purses. Boy, this this uh, packing list is a bunch of don'ts. <laughs> anyway, uh, I think it's covered in another. Yeah, it's covered here. Uh, I was, I you know, when I was looking at this packing list, I looked at my packing list when I was back in the army. Uh, what I would wear was a packing list. Just what I'd wear in the helicopter to go fat, fight the bad guys uh, in training. But I never w was in combat. But um, the uh, you know what I would wear, what I would carry in my rucksack, what I would put in a duffel bag if if that was you know I was going to Germany for a return of fourthers to Germany or whatever, going to maybe to jungle warfare school or going to uh, uh, northern warfare school in Alaska, two hundred miles south of the the Arctic Circle, uh, I got to do a lot of fun things in the Army. But when we went on, you know, long things, we took, we, we would pack a duffel bag as well with changes of clothes. When we just stayed at Fort Campbell, we'd just pretty much take a rucksack, carrying a waterproof bag inside the rucksack, so we had something dry. All right, so, interesting packing list. It's really things you don't take. You take a, a, a staff and that's it. Uh, no money, no script. Oh, verse 10. No, nor script for the journey, neither uh, two coats. I was looking at the list. There was, you know, I took my field jacket. I would take my uh, wool shirt. I would take all this. Neither shoes. I would definitely take combat boots. That was on the list of things that would be worn. Nor yet staves. Um, I would think that's kind of like a weapon, but they've got the staff. I'm not exactly sure what a stave is. Sharp stick? I don't know. I should look it up. For the workman is worthy. I'll leave that to you. You can look. Maybe. If, I don't know if you have access to a... If you get... Uh, you listen to this in English, so you could get uh, Eastward. That's a great... You can just click on any word. It'll tell you what it means. 
Uh, you can look in Greek. You can look it up in the ancient Greek, or Hebrew, or Aramaic, uh, for the verses in Daniel. Okay, uh, verse uh, eleven, Matthew chapter ten, verse eleven. And whatsoever city you shall enter, twelve disciples, groups of twos, six groups. Inquire who in it is worthy. You know, on the street before you knock on any doors. Hey, you know. Uh, Anybody known around here for, you know, preaching Jesus? Oh, yeah, there's a guy crazy about that down the street. Go knock on his door. And there abide till you go hence. So go to one city, operate out of that town, as I did Capernaum, and I did all the other cities that I took you around on my three uh, tours of Galilee. They've seen Christ do it for three tours for a year and a half. Now they're doing it. And when you come to a house, salute it. And if that house is worthy, I think you'll find out pretty quick. They don't slam the door in your face. Let your peace come upon it. But if it not worthy, let your peace return to you. And whosoever shall not receive you, nor hear your words, when you depart out of that house or city, shake off the dust of your feet. Verily I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment, than in for that city. I don't see Lazarus, uh, not Lazarus, um, Abraham's nephew, Lot. I don't see him doing a lot of miracles or his sons-in-law or his daughters. or Anyway, uh, more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah in the Day of Judgment. And, and that's the great white throne. And maybe God's going to take it easy on Sodom and Gomorrah, although they're a pretty wicked city. Because they didn't have the, all the reasons to trust Christ that these other people would have had, or to curb their their uh, activities. Anyway, then for that city, behold, I send forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Okay, I mean they. These people are, are pretty riled up with Jesus, and they want to throw him off a cliff a year and a half ago. It hasn't improved. He marveled at their disbelief. But their wonderful disbelief, sorry. I just like that, the way he uh, A.T. Robinson called it, wonderful, unbelievable, amazing disbelief. But beware of men, for they will deliver thee up to the councils, they will scourge you in the synagogue. You think this applies to, to us today? It did, it did, you know, the disciples after his resurrection in the apostolic age, absolutely. And, and you know, you can, you know, if you like to read that kind of stuff, read about all that kind of stuff going on. Uh, but I just, I, I don't see it. I, I um, you know, well, you're lucky, okay. But beware, not not on this. I'm telling you, this is going to go after the church. This is going to go after the the call out assembly of Jewish believers during the tribulation. I think this describes the tribulation, in my opinion, and also this trip they're going to take into enemy territory, if you will. But beware of men, for they shall deliver you up to councils, and they shall scourge you in their synagogues. Man, that's a lot worse than tripping on a stone. And here I'm questioning, or Hurricane Andrew, or anything else, being scourged in their synagogues. That that takes off flesh. I mean, that's 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 rough. That leaves a mark. And and for the furtherance of the gospel, Paul was stoned at the end of his life. Philippians 1.12. All these things happened unto me for the furtherance of the gospel. That's the way I'm going to live the rest of my life, folks. So those of you that have known, I've been freaking out about hurricanes. No mas. I'm just going, you know, people are going to have to put up with a lot worse than that. Scourge you in their synagogues. And scourge you, this is like whips with little pieces of bone tied to it. It, it's, it, takes, it takes a skin off. Verse 18, And ye shall be brought before governors and kings for my sake, speaking of Paul, who's not yet a believer, for a testimony against them and the Gentiles. All these things happen to Paul. And I think they're going to be repeated during the tribulation. But when they deliver you up, take no thought how you, sh how or what you shall speak. 
be at peace, you know? For don't worry about what you're going to say. For it shall be given you at that same hour when ye shall speak. For it is not ye that speak, but the Holy Spirit of your Father, which speaketh in you. And the brother shall deliver up brother to death. You're looking forward to this, church? I'm not. It's appointed us. We're not appointed unto wrath. This is a description of the tribulation. It may very well be a description of what uh, the early apostolic church would go through. And Father, this is like claiming to be a, a Vietnam veteran when you weren't in Vietnam. You know, don't don't take credit for, and it, it, I don't think it's going to happen to the church. It is going to happen to the 144,000 and their families and believers. And it said, if Christ doesn't come back early before the seven years is up, there would be no one left to populate the millennial kingdom of Christ on earth. Only unbelievers would be left. And they're going into the lake of fire, at the judgment of the sheep and the goats. Why? Because they didn't, they didn't believe and they didn't help the 144,000, but they're going to the lake of fire because they didn't believe. Not helping 144,000 is just a description of their behavior. You think these are believers that are doing this to other believers? And the children shall rise up against their parents and cause them to be put to death? I mean, rebellion is one thing, but, but causing to put them to death? And ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake? I, I, I think we're going to be spared this. We're going to be raptured out. Maybe tonight, maybe a hundred years from now. But he that endureth unto the end shall be saved. That's absolutely talking about the tribulation. If you can live through the tribulation, you will live on into the millennium, kingdom of earth. Eschatology, eschatology, eschatology. I hate to use that word, but it's the study of the end times. And there are five judgments. One of them's taken place. The judgment of Christ on the cross 2,000 years ago. Next three, the rapture, the tribulation, and the judgment of the nations all occur. The rapture occurs at the beginning of the seven years. The judgment of Israel uh, takes place during the tribulation. And they become believers and die valiantly. And then the sheep and the goats is for entrance into the millennial kingdom. And the, the sheep are, they, they are believers. And I give unto them eternal life. They've always been believers. And the goats are the unbelievers. And they're cast in a lake of fire for a thousand years with Satan. And they mock him during that time. And then you have the thousand year, the last, the last, the fifth judgment in eschatology is the judgment of the nations before eternity, before the great noise, the earth passes away with a great noise, and uh, we enter into eternity, the new heaven and new earth, which is briefly described, the really huge planet. Um, you know, I taught physics, so I'm worried about gravity, but it's mass, it's not size. So he could fill it with helium or something. Anyway, uh, he made this world, which is absolutely amazing, and the laws of physics, which are absolutely amazing and, and revered, and uh, the laws are. Theories, not so much. But, but anyway. And ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake, but he that endureth unto the end of the tribulation shall be saved. Don't throw the church in here. The church is raptured out. That's my opinion. But when they persecute you in this city, uh, whatever city he's at, he's not in Jerusalem here, flee to another. For verily I say unto you, he's talking to his disciples before he sends them out, I think, and ye shall have, ye shall not have gone over the cities of Israel till the Son of Man come. Well, he's returning, and I think this is one thing he's waiting for, and and that is that, that the gospel be preached around the world. And here I am doing this podcast, heard in 23 countries by over 2,300 people. It only counts one listen or one play per episode, so I'm not stacking a deck by listening to it, 
over and over again. But I do like listening. I, this morning I put my phone in one pocket and I put a, a speaker in my other pocket, one of those uh, Bluetooth speakers, just walking around the house, doing work, multitasking, listening, because there's a lot of good stuff here. I, I, and I forget it. You know, I, I need to get, especially these episodes of Christ eschatology is huge. The, 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 the parable, the, the Sermon on the Mount, the, the uh, ten parables we looked at, and now this. And then he's going to go, he's going to speak a lot in the last week of his life to his disciples. And I think also to us and to the 144,000. But I can see why he concentrates on 144,000. One, they're Jewish, and he's going to the Jewish people. He's not going to the Gentiles here. And he said that at the beginning. Verse 24, And the disciple is not above his master, nor the servant above his Lord, lowercase l. It is enough, and that's the translator's opinion, that it's not Jehovah. Uh, it is, it is not. It is enough. I I think you know he's saying this to his disciples, and 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 this is how we're elevated. But with that elevation, creating the image of God, comes accountability. Ask and it shall be given unto you. Why didn't you ask? Well, I thought God was a terrible, mean God. It is enough that the disciples that. Ye be as the as his master and the servant as his lord. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebub, how much more shall they call them of his household? If they weren't afraid to accuse Jesus, they're not going to be afraid to accuse Paul or anybody that's Jewish people that are speaking for him or during the tribulation. I just don't think this is for Israel. Again, Jesus said, "Don't we're not talking to." I mean, I do believe it's for Israel. It's not for the church. But if you want to promote yourself to this level, because you you know, this is like being in a Super Bowl. It's probably not that pleasant for the people that get hurt and the people in the line, you know, on the line and in the trenches. And but winning is pretty sweet. And, and surviving the tribulation and, and having, not surviving, none of the 144,000 survive physically, but they do come back at the end for the judgment of the nations, the judgment of sheep and goats. And when he says, you did it under the least of these, my brethren, he's pointing to the 144,000 at judgment of the nations. Fear them, fear them not, therefore, for there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed nor hid that shall not be known. You know, I gotta quit being afraid of hurricanes. I gotta quit quit being afraid of everything, and because I'm not gonna face anything like this, shall not be revealed. Fear them, fear them not. Therefore, for there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed in the judgment, in the the, the judgment seat of Christ for the church and people that really did were good. Well done, my good and faithful servant. The, the awards assembly for the church and the names of the apostles are carved in the new heaven and the new earth so they're elevated to the level of 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 the of the Jews of the Old Testament and here you got the 70th week of Daniel which is uh, seven years less than that already talked about that verse 25 27 what I say what I tell you in darkness that speak in light and what you hear in in the ear that speak ye upon the housetops. And fear not, verse 26 said, fear them not, verse 28, and fear not them which kill the body. Yeah, the 144,000 killed the last man. All nine of the, 11 of the apostles were, were martyred. The word martyr is the Greek word for witness. He's asking them to go out and witness for him. Greek to martyr themselves. The fields are white under harvest, but are not able to kill the soul. That's part of the Trinity. But are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him that is able to destroy both the soul and the body in hell. And I guess that destruction is kind of like eternal destruction, eternal separation from God. And you go, I can't, I can't buy a God that would 
kill people in hell. Okay, well, all you have to do is, is believe in the God of John 3.16 that so loved the world, that gave a free, paid the price for all the sin of the whole world, loved the world much more than you and I do, although you want to say you love the world because you don't want to believe in hell. But how about there's different levels? Better for Sodom and Gomorrah than for at the judgment in hell? because of their unbelief, but because of the miracles that were done. So there, I think there's degrees of punishment in hell. Will not the creator of all the universe do right? Verse 29, Matthew chapter 10, Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing, and one of them is, shall not fall to the ground without your father knowing it? So if you go, you go. The Lord knows. Precious in the eyes of the Lord and the death of his saints. But, ver but the very hairs of your head are are all numbered. Isn't that encouraging? Especially if you're part of the 144,000 or, or the 12 apostles going out on their own to face scourging in the synagogues and everything else. Fear ye not, therefore, ye are more valuable than many sparrows. Whosoever shall confess me before men, him my Father will confess, him will I confess before my Father which is in heaven. This is the... For the church, it's a judgment seat of Christ. For Israel, it's, I don't know what judgment they're, they're rewarded. Uh, a lot of them already have received their reward. The church, it starts with Peter, pretty much. So the that reward ceremony goes up to the rapture. After that, there'll be another reward ceremony, which escapes me. Didn't make the top five uh, things here, but God is going to do good. The, the apostles are going to sit on the 12 thrones. The uh, No, not the apostles. The, the 12 sons of Israel will sit on the 12 thrones and the 12 tribes of Israel and the 12 apostles will have their names carved in the foundation of the new heaven. Him will I confess before my Father which is in heaven. But whosoever shall deny me before men, him shall also deny my father. It's not talking about going to heaven. It's talking about not being honored at a judgment. And I think two-thirds of believers, and I'm applying this to the church, and I apologize, but that's what I'm a member of. And two-thirds of them, according to this parable of the sower, don't are not fruitful at all. And then the the, the, the part on the good ground which is a, called your character, um, the soil of your life. And then they're divided into three parts, some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. Verse 34, Think not that I am come to send peace on the earth. I am not come to send peace, but a sword. I think we're going to be spared from this time. You can, you know, I might be wrong. But if I am, convince me from Scripture that I'm wrong. And try to leave out theologians. This commentary says this, and this commentary says that. And No. I, unless I'm persuaded by the Word of God, you, you're wasting your time. For I am come to set a man at variance with his father. It's not for the church. None of this is for the church. And the daughter against the mother, and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a man's foes will shall be them of his own household. I don't think I'm going to see this. This is the tribulation. This possibly is the apostolic age when, when Jews were deciding which side they were going to fall on. And it looks like they didn't fall very many of them on the side of Christ. And that's why the Gentile, Gentile church took over what it did. And, and, and again, I just don't know very many Jewish people in any of the churches I've ever been associated with. And if they are Jewish, you wouldn't even know they're Jewish because I just learned about two Jewish ladies in my church, two sisters that trusted the Lord many, many years ago, and I didn't know they were Jewish. I just learned that the other day. They're not ashamed of it. They just don't talk about it. I don't know them that well. We're verse 37. And he that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. I don't. Again, this is not to the church. Uh, this is towards uh, the Jewish people of the apostolic age and of the 70th week of Daniel.
Verse 38, And he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. Well, I got news for you. I'm not worthy of Christ, and I don't know too many people are, but maybe some of these people will be. I mean, Paul sounds pretty worthy to me. Uh, the the, the 144,000 Jewish evangelists, virgin young men, uh, never been with a woman, uh, called virgins in in uh, Revelation 6 and 7 um, of the, the 144,000. Verse 39, And he that findeth his life shall lose it, and he that loseth his life for my sake shall find it. Again, trust Christ, children of Israel, during the tribulation, during the apostolic age. The the whole initial church was Jewish. James is writing to Jewish, the scattered tribes of Israel. Because initially, the believers were Jewish. He that receiveth you receiveth me, and he that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me. Yeah, apply it to Israel. Okay, uh, Matthew, uh, we've got 41 and 42 left to go in chapter 10. And then one verse in 11. He that receiveth a prophet in, a, in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. Okay, we're talking about reward here. We're not talking about eternal life. And he that receiveth a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. So, there's a difference between salvation and rewards. So do you want rewards? Do you want to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant? Or whatever is said to Israel if you're Jewish during the tribulation and during the apostolic age? And whosoever shall give a drink to one of these little ones, I think he's talking about his apostles, a cup of cold water only in the name of a disciple, a cup of cold water only, in the name of a disciple, verily I say unto you, he shall not lose his reward. Okay, so it's talking about you're doing, why are they doing this? To be saved? No. For reward. Well done, to be confessed before the Father. You know, some, two thirds of believers I don't think are. Israel or the church. That's my opinion, based on scripture. Matthew chapter 11, verse 1. Last verse in Matthew. And it came to pass when Jesus had made an end of commanding his twelve disciples, he departed thence to teach and to preach in their cities. <coughs> the cities of, the, of Galilee, in my opinion. Which is pretty much the, the city of the apostles, because I think they're all Galileans. Okay, verse uh, Luke chapter 9, verse 1. We just have six verses here. Luke chapter 9, verse 1. Luke chapter 9, verse 1. Then Jesus called his twelve... Okay, and this is, again, this is Luke's account of this whole thing. So, it, you know, how you do the chronologically of um, Mark, Luke, and John, I don't, I don't know how you do that, but I'm sure A.T. Robertson had a reason to put them in the order that he did because it's not Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's, it's Mark, Matthew, and Luke. So that's his preference. He doesn't really discuss that I've read. Uh... And there's just not a lot of writing that he does. It's more his outline and then the verses of the Bible that go with it. But he does have a few notes. But Anyway, then he called his twelve disciples together and gave them power and authority over devils and to cure diseases like blindness and leprosy. Raise the dead, it said in another. Well, let's see what Luke also says here. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God. Jesus is still, all the way up to the crucifixion, trying to get Israel to receive him as king, which they do not. They want to stone him. They scream, give us Barabbas. They persecute the apostles. Eleven are martyred. John dies on a prison island. Um, to heal the sick... Verse 3, And Jesus said to the twelve, Take nothing for your journey, neither staves, which I think are like sharp sticks. I could be wrong. I have to look it up. Nor script, maybe I will and tell you next episode. Nor script, which I guess is like, I don't, I thought it was money, but I'll have to look it up. 
neither bread, neither money, neither have two coats apiece, and whatsoever house you enter into, there abide, and thence depart, and whosoever will not receive you, when you go out of that city, shake off the very dust from your feet for a testimony against them. This is Luke, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, recording this part of what Jesus said to the apostles. And they departed and went through the towns of Galilee, preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. This was, the, the disciples are being magnified for sure. All right, next podcast, Lord willing, will be uh, Season 2, Episode 71, The Guilty Fears of Herod for the Death of, of uh, John the Baptist. In Tib- Herod Antipas, there were six Herods. This is Herod Antipas, who kills John the Baptist. In Tiberias, which is a Roman city, so Herod is pretty much appointed king of the Jews by the Romans. Sorry if I said something else. Roman city. But Jesus, because he had beheaded... Let me read that again. Uh, A.T. Robertson calls episode 71 the guilty fears of Herod Antipas and Tiberius about Jesus because he had beheaded the Baptist in Macarus. Okay, I will say adios, which uh, literally means to God. And I like that. I like to think that I'm going out today to God as I go to physical therapy and, and all of that. To God. Um, adios. And via condios, which means go with God. And that's what I want to do.